Hi everyone, welcome to the Snowball Wealth Podcast, where we talk about how to get out of debt and start building wealth, especially if you're the first in your family to do so. My name is Tanya Menendez, and today we have a Latina finance executive and angel investor, and she's also a Snowball community member, Karen Sheffield. Karen is an immigrant from Peru and moved to the United States 18 years ago as a transfer student. She's currently the director of finance at Visa and also a part-time angel investor in startups. Welcome to the show. So much, Tanya. I'm really happy to be here. Excited to um, be on your show. Well, I wanted to get started by just hearing about your story and you know, what it took, if you were to encapsulate what it took to go from being in, you know, an immigrant, coming here to the United States as a transfer student, to then becoming director of finance at Visa, one of the largest payment companies in the world, you know, what was that mindset? What were some of those takeaways um, in yeah. having that journey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that question. So I would say there were many, many qualities uh, that I think and things, lessons I learned along the way. But I would say it definitely took a great passion, um, determination. I, I would say that even since I was in college, I, I I wanted to chart my own path. Right. And so what it took was uh, taking uh, control of my career and the journey that I wanted to take on that and not relying on others or of circumstances uh, in taking that next step and really being thoughtful about it, right? Like uh, finding what is it that really resonates with me and, and doubling down on that, right? And, and what, as I was building my career, but I, would, if I could leave it high level like that. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. And so part of it was, you know, managing your own career. And how did you do that exactly? You know, going from you know, what was maybe one of your first jobs out of college, and then did you yeah. go to graduate school? I'm curious to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I even started as an intern and doing summer internships um, in finance uh, when I was in college. I remember taking the bus because um, I didn't have a car. <laughs> I was a poor college student, immigrant, and so I remember taking the bus to downtown Forwards and armed with hundreds of copies of my resume, physical, if you can believe it, and uh, doing it old-fashioned and knocking the, and on doors in offices in downtown forward, forwards. And remember having so many people say, we don't have a posting, we don't have a job or an internship opportunity for you right now, including uh, Wachovia Securities, which was one of the offices I visited. Um, but funny enough, maybe three weeks later, they called me back randomly, uh, a lady from Wachovia Securities said, didn't you come over here with a physical copy of your resume? We're looking, you're an intern, right? Student in the finance of TCU. I was like, yes, I do. I did. It's like, well, we did not have a posting three weeks ago, but now, as it, as it turns out, the financial advisor needs a brokerage intern, and we're just creating this position, and we thought of the person that, you know, showed up, <laughs> you know, uh, with a physical copy of recipe you made an impression it's like oh fantastic so that was one of the first roles in the u.s as a finance um wow. uh, intern. wait so you went door to door with, <laughs> yeah. a, with physical copies of your resume 
<laughs> I got myself on the bus and I. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you just said, what did you say? You walk in and you say, I want to talk to the manager. I want to, I'm interested in the internship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was uh, the first person I, ta- I I saw was an assistant, right? An executive assistant, someone in the front desk, which is the, the, the face of the front. And, you know, talking to them and explaining what is it that I was looking for. And many, many of them said, uh, this is not usually how, you know, applicants, you know, show interest. We can go online. But I always thought that, uh, you know, an in-person uh, connection was going to make an impression. And it did. I wasn't wrong when Wakabe Security is called. Wow. And did you also apply online or was that the only way that you applied? So I did apply online, but I think to no avail, right? Like you end up being an application among thousands. And so it's really important to differentiate yourself, like really bring something. uh, And this is good advice anywhere, right? In any situation Mm -hmm. is, you know, be be unique and be stand out, uh, show your true colors, because I think that that's what really helped me get ahead. Yeah, you know what? I have a similar story. It's funny that you shared that because one of my first internships, I really wanted to work in think tanks and I actually cold called my the top think tank that I wanted to work for. Wow. And they hired me. And wow. I was, I was shocked that it worked, but I was like, you know what? I can't just keep waiting around. I need it. And yeah. it was a similar energy, so I'm so glad it does work to go the extra mile. And today Absolutely. what that could look like is, you know, I've seen other people, you know, even applying for our company, you know, they create a, a mini website or they create a project for themselves. And and so going that extra mile really goes a long way. And I, I yeah. think that's the mindset. It sounds like that's the mindset that helps you in your career. Um, yes. Throughout. And um, so let's get a little bit into the financial side of things, because you're now an angel investor, which is amazing that you have that ability now or like that um, financial stability to be able to do that. But I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Right. So I'm curious to hear, you know, your financial journey from um, when you graduated, you know, any financial mistakes or lessons learned and then, you know, how you were able to progress over time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there were many lessons learned on the way and I'm still a work in progress as most people, right? Like where everyone can can, can uh, say about themselves. But uh, I think one of the mistakes were earlier in my career, right? Really early, like right out of college, I started rocking up credit card debt and it really got up to the thousands. And so it was really a moment to buckle up, like a wake up call and say, okay, what am I doing here? What can I uh, cut? Uh, what kind of things and habits are like really not helping my financial situation and getting me to get uh, to the point where I can have a, a a good and a decent credit score that will open up doors later down the road because that was a, what a what a friend of um, the family had had suggested and, and really uh, advises uh, advised me to do and so I started laser focusing that on my own personal finances and then as my career progressed obviously you know as I w- was an, I, I am an ambitious person and I want to keep growing right so always uh, trying to carefully curate and plan my next step in my career you know inevitably that that led to thankfully higher income right and a higher salary and all of that coupled with the fact that I learned how to save money, how to really get under, you know, all of this under control, really helped me get to the point where I am now. But I have to say, you know, even two years ago, you would think, you know, oh, you know, you've been angel investing for, even two years ago, when I started um, getting into angel investments, I was still in a credit, 
right? And an accredited investor. So for those who don't really know the definitions, an, an accredited investor is someone who, who doesn't really yet meet the SEC requirement and criteria in order to actually invest in private capital markets, which are very high, high, high risk. So yeah, I started small with crowd, crowdfunding uh, 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 websites like Republic, right? Uh, the Start Engine and all, uh, all of those. So uh, it was, a, it's, it, like I said, it's a work in progress. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to backtrack a little bit and hear about the story that you shared that impacted you when you first moved here. You mentioned that a family mm-hmm. friend had given you some advice. Can you share a little bit? Of, can you share that story a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was the only person, the only fan, the only uh, group of people that we knew from Peru in the US at the time. They were really good friends uh, with my family. Uh, my mom and, and, and the lady and, and the family uh, w- went to school together in med school in Peru many years ago. And so they had established themselves in California. And I remember landing in California first, even before coming over to, te- to Texas for, for college uh, just staying with them for a few weeks and they were showing me around and you know uh but one of the first things that i uh, the uh, first advice i received from 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 uh the guy in family right the 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 father of that family was uh always uh focus on on building a good credit score in the united states a credit score speaks very loudly when it comes to like opening your doors and and do everything and i even remember asking what what is a credit score (laughs) that's not how we talk you know in in, in peru that's not what uh, i mean to to a certain degree you you talk about a credit rating or history but there wasn't like a a standard measurement of you know your credit that's right so it's, it's not like yeah. that everywhere it's a very united states yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 part of the financial system in the united states you're right it's not the same in other countries yeah so it was an interesting combo because i was like what is that what are you talking about why is this the first thing you're telling me as i just landed on the way to your home uh but it, it resonated with me uh it stayed with me even when i didn't quite understand it at the time and it came in very handy right when I started racking up the credit card debt and I remember those words it's like okay it's time to really get, take this control again yeah and sometimes it's those moments where you know someone tells you something it plants a seed and then later on you start to remember you know when it becomes more relevant so it sounds like that was one of those moments um, yes. well I'm also curious to hear you know, how you, like the mindset to get out of credit card debt. You mentioned that you had a bit of credit card debt that you had racked up um, early in your career, which is such a common experience. I just want to share that it's such a common yes. thing that we see that no one should be ashamed of having debt today. But I'm curious to hear how you got out of it and, you know, started to save yeah. and invest. Yeah, uh, I think the mindset was, uh oh, <laughs> I can no longer uh, avoid the funds here. <laughs> like at first, the first three, uh, I think that that set me on like uh, uh, this different mode, right? Like, okay, it's time to really get this under control because, well, first of all, you know, I am the first of, you know, I'm the oldest of three siblings, and now I had my my youngest brother at the time moving to study to TCU. So he got admitted to the same school and he came over and moved a year after I moved there. Um, and I, I felt the responsibility. It's always been like that. I don't know if it's an older sibling, <laughs> but you always feel the responsibility to help the fa- the parents, right? Like um, 
you know, get your siblings up to speed and all that. Um, so I had that financial responsibility or I put that on myself. My parents didn't put it on me, but I wanted to help, right? Like, so when I was fresh out of college and I was starting to rack up this step, that became like a big motivator is helping my family, you know, like I'm, I'm going to now be pay, paying the bills of my youngest brother in college whilst he is finishing it up. So uh, that was one of the things that definitely was a motivator to get out of debt. And then just the fact that I want, I knew I wanted to get ahead in my career. And I wouldn't be able to do that if personally my financial matters were not in order. So I think that that was the mindset. And I think that's such, you know, it, that also is a very much like a, a first in your family dynamic that you have and it can be a motivator, right? I think that I felt similarly where like, a lot, and I think, you know, it's a common feeling that a lot of first generation college grads or first generation Americans have is, you know, you want to be a good role model for your family. You want to be, you want to, you know, you know the sacrifices that they've made and so you want to be able to pay that forward and to kind of make sure that their sacrifices work for, almost like for lack yeah. of a better word, work for nothing, right? And so yeah. um, I think mm -hmm. that's that's a really common feeling and I'm so glad you shared that. I'm sure a lot of people can can relate. Um, and, and then you also mentioned, you know, you started out angel investing because you weren't accredited yet. Um, you know, starting off by using some crowdfunding platforms and things like that. Can you share a little bit about the investments that you've made and some yeah. that you're excited about that maybe yeah. shout out to support? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to start by saying that angel investing really is for everyone. You know, you, you don't you don't really have to be accredited to start. You can start with uh, you know with the crowdfunding sites. Some of them even have a, a minimum requirement as low as one hundred dollars into each of the startups. So like, uh, the, it's it's you don't have to wait until you have a massive wealth or anything to start. You know, start now, uh, start going into these websites, scan what, what's exciting to you, right? Um, and, and, you know, obviously take a look at, take a deep look at how you're managing your debt first, right? And, and make sure that you have your emergency savings and, and control before you go ahead and do that. But yeah, I would love to talk about, I, I made four investments in the last uh, two years. And the first one, um, one of the first ones was actually a retail uh, tech company called Popcom. Uh, it, this is a woman that is a founder of that company and they essentially uh, the best way to describe it is like they they are like retail vending machines right like that you see in the airport um, and I think she actually is also the founder of another company called Flat Out Shoes you know so those actually oh gosh, that, I know Dawn that's so funny Dawn. I met her I met her at a conference a few years ago wow well shout out to you Dawn that's so cool what a small world yes yes that was my first investment so Dawn was like the my, the entry into into the investing world for me uh, in that in angel investing and and so uh, yes oh, love her amazing. love yeah love her. She, um, I think was making millions of dollars right through like yes. her was doing really well and so it's yeah. cool to see these platforms now giving some entrepreneurs a, a chance to be able to allow smaller checks to come in. Oh, how yeah. cool that! Uh, yeah. that was one of your first. That was your first angel investment. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, and then there are others that came after, and, uh, and and you know this wasn't by design, but all my angel investments were in female founders. <laughs> you know, it wasn't by design, and I say that in, in all transparency because it was just. I think it it goes to say that what deal flow 
some deal flow is just a word for like, you know, the companies or the startups that you get access to, right? The different uh, companies that you can potentially invest in. Uh, it, access is very interesting and really key to this, to actually democratizing, right? The asset class for uh, to everyone is the people that I interact with and the networks I have access to are different than maybe my counterparts that are more well-established in, in, in incumbents, in, incumbents in venture capital are, right? So it's interesting because I, it wasn't doing it by design. It was just the founders that was having access and, you know, uh, constant interaction with and that they really had been impressive to me pers- personally uh, and how they were running their, their business and how they were trying to scale it. So it's super interesting. But yeah, I... Yeah, it was, it was, it was fascinating to, to start, just get started. Yeah. And I know that, um, I, you mentioned that you also, or I guess this is in our pre-interview, but you mentioned that you also purchased your first home recently. So would love to hear about that experience and maybe some of the other ways that you've been, you know, you started investing maybe through retirement accounts or, or anything mm-hmm. else like that, that you, you'd want to share for, for some yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, it, it took a while to get to where I, I was comfortable enough to really purchase a home. And the funny thing is that we, my husband and I moved from Texas to California a little bit over a year ago. And so we were already doing the contrarian thing. People were giving us a lot of, <laughs> of a hard time in Texas. Like, you're doing it the opposite way. People are moving from Texas to California. The other way around. <laughs> And so we're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I got this job with Visa. And then Silicon Valley seems like a good place to keep learning, you know, about VC. And anyways, we, we made a move. But then, you know, scanning uh, and, and really visiting uh, different apartment complexes and things to, to rent out, I just realized very quickly, wow, the rent here is going to be twice as much what we pay for rent in our apartment in Texas for the same footage, square footage. I was like, I can't make this, I can't make this decision rationally and feel good about it that I'm pouring twice as much of money into someone else's equity. That's how I rationalize it. And so I decided, okay, we, we have some savings from, thank God we were able to really do this and like save some money during the pandemic in Texas where we weren't going anywhere and spending any money. And then we were living in Texas, so we were able to save money for that, that matter alone. So we, uh, you know, were able to, Put together five percent down. <laughs> That's as much as we could put together, uh, and then the benefit of the timing. We had the timing working for us because during the pandemic, especially towards the beginning, the interest rates were low, really low. So we were able to lock an interest rate, and it was the time to do that, right? Like I mean, my husband and I were still a little hesitant, and he was more a little bit more hesitant than me. But I said he was saying, you know, maybe maybe six months. And it's like no, the time is now to act. I don't even know. I think the interest rates are going to start coming back up. You know, once as we come out of the pandemic, uh, we have the money right now for the five percent down payment. Six months later, we won't because we'll continue spending money <laughs> in in California, which is more expensive. So all of these things, it's like we gotta act now, right? And so we finally did it. But yeah, it was it was it was a grueling process to really find a home too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a, a topic for a different uh, focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole. <laughs> so I'm sure yeah. it's a whole thing. Um, well, I know we just have a few minutes left, but I'd love to hear if there's any other pieces of advice that you have for our listeners that are potentially wanting to, you know, advance in their career or begin investing um, or just in general, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
any, yeah, well, any, first, or any words of advice that you have? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, if you don't, if you haven't heard or not have not connected with it, it's noble wealth community. Do that pronto. I mean, seriously, it goes back to community. If I didn't have like a board of advisors, mentors, whatever you like to call them, building that that network throughout my career and, and my personal life. I would I would not have been exposed to all the you know you learn you learn from your own mistakes but I can't remember how the saying goes that it's like something like the smart people learn from their own mistakes the wise learn from other people's mistakes right and you cannot do that right unless you build this community and so I would encourage everyone to just reach out you know you never know and like Tanya and I shared earlier uh, don't be afraid just to be a little different and do something unconventional just go ahead and do it. You know, and you will be surprised of the outcomes. And I love that you share that because I think that sometimes you don't know what you don't know, right? So just being around people, hearing their stories, you get ideas, you have a new way of thinking, and um, putting together your own own board of uh, of advisors. Or even just, even if you just download it and like lurk and read what other people are saying, that's still progress, right? You're still exposing yourself to new ideas. And so I think, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we started the community is because we wanted people to just get some more exposure to ideas, how other people are managing their finances so that, you know, sometimes you see yourselves in others and that starts to, to help uh, motivate you to, to get unstuck or have a new way of thinking. Um, well, I'm... Um, so thank you so much for sharing some of your story. I'm sure we're going to have you back on, you know, in a few months as as new things develop. Uh, I think that there's some new things in the in the pipeline for you. I won't I won't spoil the surprise, but um, you know, I'm really excited to continue to follow your journey. Um, where is the best place that people can connect with you? Yeah, Tony, I appreciate those words too. Uh, and um, I mean, they can follow me on LinkedIn or feel free to connect and give me some context <laughs> that you were listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, Karen Sheffield, MBA uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter and you can find me as care, it's okay, or <laughs> underscore N underscore T-W-U-I-T-T-S. So Karen tweets. And so, um, but yeah, you can follow me there as well. Awesome. Well, we'll also put that in the show notes and I hope you have an amazing day. And for those listening, if you're interested in getting started and um, joining the community, you can download our mobile app in the app store. Just search for Snowball Wealth or online on the web, snowballwealth.com. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.